Um, Rob gave me Romans chapters 9 and 10 to preach this morning, and there is no way, and then he also gave me like 19 minutes to preach it in, so there's no way I'm doing all of Romans 9 and 10, which means I strongly encourage you guys to come next Sunday morning and uh, in the Bible study at 9.45, we will go through Romans 9 and 10 and all the things I missed. And uh, this morning we did Romans 8, and we kept on schedule, and we actually made it through the entire chapter of Romans 8 and had such a great discussion. Um, I'm entitling this sermon, Do Not Lose Your Legacy. And I want to start off with a bit of a story. So my grandpa, my dad's dad, um, lived to be 95. We lost him about a year and a half ago. Um, and uh, not from COVID, but during COVID. And uh, he was quite an incredible man. He um, got a job working for the railroads at the time, the CN Railroad, and then eventually it became Via Rail. And he started when he was 15 years old. And it was his job to walk across the bridge, the railroad track bridge, and deliver messages back and forth between the stations when he was 15. He worked there, and then he went to war. He was a soldier in the army, and then when the war ended, he went back, and he spent his entire career working for the railroads. So he's about 91, he's at our house, and he pulls out this card from his wallet that he's quite proud of, and he shows it to me, and it's his railroad unlimited ride anywhere, anytime card, and he thinks it says that he's the number one person. I'm didn't follow that part of it, but basically, this was his claim that at 91, he was the oldest living railroad employee, and he could go anywhere, anytime in Canada um, on a train. And he took advantage of that in his 80s. He went from Toronto to Vancouver with his then-girlfriend, who had to pay half price because she was just his girlfriend. She wasn't his wife. If they were married, he could have gone. Um, and he could take that. So he had all the privileges and rights of a railroad employee. The Jews were a chosen people, and they had an incredible heritage. In Romans 9, 1-5, to it says, I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. Your first flat question is, what heritage do we have? As Protestant Pentecostals, what heritage do we have that's similar to the Jewish heritage? Uh, in the verses we just read, Paul gives some examples of the heritage of the Jews. So the adoption. They're God's chosen. God chose the Jews from all the other people. He adopted them as his own kids. The glory. When God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, he was a, a 
pillar in a cloud by day and fire at night, and he went before them. His glory shone. The covenants, he made promises to Noah, then he made promises to Abraham, and he made promises to Noah that they would be a great people. To Abraham, that one day that the, his descendants would be more than the sand on the beach or the stars in the sky. And then, so that his people could be in relationship with them, he gave them the law through Moses. He gave them uh, ways that they could make sure that they were holy, things that they could do so that they could be in relationship with him. He gave them worship. He gave them the temple, a place, first the tabernacle and then a temple, a place on earth where God's glory was. And they could go there and they could be in his and worship him there. And of course, like I said, the promises, the promises of Abraham, that God would make a great nation, the promise to David that a savior would come from him. He gave them the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. The Jews were very um, proud that they could trace their lineage back to these tribes and these things. And then, of course, he gave the Jews Jesus, who was Jewish. I'm going to switch to Slack now. Um, we, are holy, we are the holy rollers. We hang off of chandeliers in our services. And apparently, we've become a clapping church. We just apparently weren't today, but that's okay. We're going to learn clapping. Uh, we share believe in Christ as our Lord and Savior. Yeah, absolutely. This is some of our heritage. Um, even though the Jews had this incredible heritage, they were unable to maintain a relationship with God. And that's why Paul's in sorrow right now. This leads to great anguish and sorrow for Paul. What was a gift from God and was meant to bring them closer to him became rituals, and they missed the mark. So instead of the law being life and something where they could enter into relationship with God, they made it into something uh, that was so onerous that the people couldn't even um, stand up under it. And so Paul's in anguish because the people have missed, the people, the Jews, have missed that Jesus is the answer to one of the promises that they had. What practices do we have that we believe draw us closer to God? What are some of the ways that God has given us to be closer to him? I think sometimes we look at other religious traditions and we can feel superior. Oh, the Jews, they missed the, they missed the mark. They don't know who Jesus is. Um, sometimes we can think, oh, well, the Catholics, right? The Catholics, they started well and where are they at now? But it's interesting. I was, um, at, at Christmas, we went to Rome because my forgotten middle child, Sam's fiance, is Italian, and she got to pick where we went, and she wanted to go to Rome. And so we went there, and we were standing in St. Peter's Basilica. And as Derek says, this is the church to end all churches. If you've been in beautiful churches in Europe, this one is like over and above. And I'm standing there with Julia, who's Catholic, and David, who's at Bible college in Sweden right now, and Sam was somewhere, who knows. And uh, David said, you know, my mom, mom, a lot of my friends are like Catholics, aren't really Christians. And uh, as I'm standing there, mass is going on in a language that I don't understand. And the presence of the Holy Spirit was there as people who loved the Lord were worshiping. And that's what God's looking for, a heart of worship. And we own, oh, a great, like, hundreds of years of heritage to the Catholic Church. And so when we look at our past, we need to make sure that we recognize it's our hearts that make a difference. 
mainline Protestants, Bradford United Church. There's a guy here at this church named Bob Evans. And uh, as we know, this church is getting older, and that's one of the reasons we're here to come alongside and help them and stuff like that. Uh, Rob was talking, and he said to Bob, how long have you been attending Bradford United Church? And Bob said, I have been attending Bradford United Church since the day I was born. And Bob is in his 80s. He was christened here. And this has been his church his whole life. And he loves the Lord. And he uh, is following in that tradition. We need to make sure that we recognize that, that we take the good parts of our tradition. We take the good parts of our heritage and our legacy. And, um, but we don't settle into ritual and into... Um, things that will turn into just going through uh, routines. Promise Church, we have the adoption. Romans 8.15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We have the glory. 1 Peter 4.14 says, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. We have the, the covenant. Hebrews 8, 8 to 12 says, for the, he finds fault with them when he says, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers or on, that day, on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant, and so I showed no concern from them, declares the Lord. For this is the, the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declared the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know the Lord, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. We have the giving of the law. Matthew 22, 36-39 says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, and with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. We have worship. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth, John 4, 24. And the promise, Matthew 28, 18 to 20 says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe that I have commanded you what I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And the patriarchs, therefore, Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that sits before, set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And of course, we have Jesus. We have these things, and we need to make sure that we focus on them and that we don't turn to ritual and lose our legacy like the Jews did. In Slack, uh, 
I'm going to go, sorry, I'm going to go to Slack now. Uh, worship music can bring us closer to God and helps us become aware of God's presence. Fellowship, absolutely. I've experienced with many Catholics that have no faith, but also know some that know Jesus and believe and are saved and are more spiritually vibrant than me. Immersing in nature brings me closer to God. Confession, keeping a short account of our sins, surrender to the Lordship of Christ and the Holy Spirit. I think me and all of my sisters find God in art. Yeah, beautiful. Um, when we settle in and just go through the motions, we are in danger of a relationship turning into ritual. My dad and my uncle Fred love choo-choo trains because they get that from my grandpa. Um, they both worked for the railroad when they were teenagers. And then um, when I was about 13, we bought our first house. And my dad, like, looked for a house that was on the railroad tracks. And so we literally backed onto railroad tracks. And um, I slept at the back of the house, and my mom and dad and my brother slept at the front of the house. And I was like, these stupid things keep me up all night. And they are like, it's fine. Uh, and then we did renovations, and they slept at the back, and we're like, oh, yeah, railroad tracks are noisy. Um, my Uncle Jack and my Uncle Fred, when they were about 15 or 16, they were still dependents of my grandpa. And they took two weeks to travel from Toronto to Vancouver. So they're 15 and 16. My grandparents stick them on a train, and they've got 50 bucks each. And uh, there were two trains that were running. They were called the Supercontinental and the Panorama, and they ran about 12 hours apart. So my aunt uncles would get on the train at night, sleep all the way through, and then wherever they were when they woke up in the morning, get off the train, and then spend the day and then get on the train again. Because they had this heritage. They had this thing they got from my, my grandpa, which was the ability to travel on the train for free. But here's the thing, neither one of them worked for the railroad when they grew up. So what they used to be able to do for free, they can't anymore. The last time my Uncle Fred was on a train was in 1999, which is as old as Elizabeth. That's like a long time ago. They lost that heritage, that privilege to go on the train because they didn't continue in being with the railroad. How can we guard against our relationship with God turning into empty rituals is my last question on Slack. So how can we guard against our relationship with God turning into empty rituals? Paul gives us some insight into how we can keep our relationship potent. Romans 10, 5 to 17 says, For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, and who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? 
And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Okay, so what, how, what can we learn from this passage? The first thing that we need to do to keep our faith active and, and alive is to confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord. And this isn't just a one-time thing. I think sometimes we're like, okay, they said the sin of prayer, we're done, let's move on to the next thing. But this is, and it's one of the reasons why we do experiential discipleship. This is an ongoing thing. This is a continual thing. It's not ongoing and continual to be saved. But it's not that when we get saved, that's it, we're done. We need to make sure that we are putting Christ on the throne in our lives, that we are listening to him, that we're confessing him, that we're talking about him. Um, verse 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Um, Sorry, I'm lost in my notes. Okay. Um, okay, so now that we've done that, what's the next step? What is step two? Here's the thing. This is how we keep our faith alive, and this is how we keep our faith active. We actually go and share it with other people. Because when you go out there and when you share it with other people, it actually makes you interact with your faith, and it, it makes you have to explain it, and it makes you have to... Um, just really go deeper in it. Verse 14 and 15 say, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. We need to actually get out into our neighborhood. This is a beautiful missionary verse, and we like to think, okay, we're going to pray it over Ethan, and then we're going to send him to, uh, I don't know where we're sending him, somewhere far away. And we're off the hook, but we're not off the hook. It's for all of us. We all need to get out there and share um, the good news, preach the good news to those around us. I'm going to look at my Slack. I don't know how you do this, Rob. <laughs> Abigail said, one of my friends at school is a Catholic, and we pray together. That's really good. To be silent and listen more. I tend to want to act and do, often without um, centering myself on what God wants and rather focused on what I think he wants. Consistency in our routine and the ability to adapt to the moving times while holding true to Jesus. By reminding ourselves of the width and breadth and awesomeness and costliness of God's love for us. Every practice we repeat runs into uh, times when our practices turn into empty rituals. I think we, we need to be honest when one turns into a ritual and refocus on a different practice for a time or push through and allow God to meet us afresh again at the same practice, in the same practice. Uh, yes, confess, believe that we're saved. Um, Aaliyah, me and my dad get a Bible verse, writing it down, and then draw a picture about it. It helps me remember the verse. Absolutely. I love that. We had a, a Bible sitting here running at one point where um, they were, they basically just read the book of James and then like, I shouldn't say doodle because that makes it sound, uh, what do they call it? Drew, sketched, uh, just 
pictures that went with it. We first need to put our faith in Christ, not because our parents or our grandparents were Christians, but because we want to live in our faith. Then we need to tell other people. Um, it's interesting. My, my own children aren't here. They are uh, all over the world. I don't know why God does that to me. But anyway, they're not here. So I can't just trust that my children are going to be what Carrie's promised church on. Because God's going to plant them other places. If we don't want our church to one day die out and not be vibrant, then we need to make sure that we are reaching our communities so that others will come to the Lord. Otherwise, when McKenna Strasma and James Stewart are in their 80s, they're going to be looking at an empty church without people in it. So the challenge, my challenge to you is... Uh, First of all, of course, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. And then go and tell other people. And don't lose the ritual, the, the ritual, don't lose the heritage that we have in Christ. Um, I know about the glory days of the trains. And uh, I wish I could have taken a train ride across Canada with my grandpa. But that's not available to me because I don't work for the trains. And some of my siblings have never even been on a train. We need to tell other people so that they can come to faith in Christ because I don't want to be sitting here alone one day without any people because I didn't take care of the legacy that God had given me. Because it doesn't matter who you are, Jesus welcomes you. Like it says, Jews or Greeks, everyone needs to hear about Christ and everyone needs to know that he loves them and that they are welcome here. And so I just challenge you to be people that will confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and tell other people about Jesus. I'm going to pray. God, you are a faithful God. You are a merciful God, and you are a loving God. And I thank you. I confess with my mouth. And I believe that you can save. Lord, I believe that for me. I believe that for my family. I believe that for this family, for this church. And I believe that for the community of Bradford. Lord, I pray that you would use me, that you would use my fellow people here at Promise Church to spread your love and your message to those around us. May we not be sad one day that we have lost our legacy. May we not settle into rituals and only be worried about ourselves, but may we be a people that loves you, talks about you, shares you, and represents you in this world that you've placed us in now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.